Hello, everybody. This is Gerald Salenti. It's August 10th, 2022. And once again, we are very privileged and I'm honored, and you should be too, to have with us Judge Andrew Napolitano, a real true American with a heart and soul and spirit that is really a symbol of freedom, peace, and justice of what we used to be called the Declaration of Independence, a Bill of Rights and the Constitution, a judicial authority like none other in the United States with the background and the actions taken that really inform us of what's going on, what it means, and what's next. Judge, thanks so much for have, being on today. Well, thanks and, for having me on, Gerald. It's always a pleasure. I always look forward to these Wednesdays, no matter what we talk about. And of course, the news just keeps getting worse and worse. What just happened, you know, as you well know, I'm no fan of, of Donald Trump. Um, I believed him when he first, you know, his political campaign when he ran in 2016. But by their deeds, you shall know them. And what he did with Venezuela, the assassination of Soleimani in Iran, um, the lie that he said he was going to rebuild our infrastructure and did just about nothing. And of course, the tax breaks that he gave to the 1%, which got 82% of the tax deals, and they're still reaping the benefits of them. And I could go on. But what happened with the FBI, you know, breaking into his home and, and seizing uh, what they wanted, to me, is a real black mark of Amer on America. What's your take on this? Well, and, and I agree with you on Trump. Uh, in, in my case, I, I've been a friend of his for 35 years, going back to when I was on the bench, where his sister was a colleague of mine. Uh, and of course, I knew him very well from his many, many appearances uh, at Fox. And I, too, was excited by his uh, election, but not by his not by his presidency. He was more authoritarian than libertarian. However, he's a human being. He has rights. And what happened to him was terrible. I'm going to start by saying what happened to Donald Trump on Monday of this week happens to Americans every day of the week. This is law enforcement today. This is the FBI today. This is local law enforcement. This is state law enforcement. If this has not happened to you, you don't, or a friend or a relative, you don't know about it. If his name were Donald Jones, we wouldn't know about it. But because he's Donald Trump and he has the biggest megaphone in the country, and I'm glad he told the story of what happened, we know about it. The FBI can often behave like Gestapo's, but the true blame should be on the DOJ, the Department of Justice. Every FBI agent works for a federal prosecutor. The federal prosecutors, the Department of Justice, tell them where to go and what to seize. So in this case, we know that the following must have happened. The Attorney General himself, Merrick Garland, must have uh, approved <laughs> this after looking at whatever evidence the uh, DOJ lawyers presented him. I don't know what that evidence was, but whatever it was, at least two under the law, FBI agents had to present it to a federal judge along with a federal prosecutor. So the prosecutor or the FBI agents go to the federal judge. They give him lengthy affidavits, which they have sworn to. He then puts them under oath and interrogates them himself in the privacy of his chambers. The interrogation is recorded uh, by a stenographer, and then he decides whether or not to sign the warrant. When he signs the warrant, 
it must comply with the Fourth Amendment. And the Fourth Amendment is the most specific language in the Constitution. It requires that a warrant must, and I'm going to quote it now, quote, specifically describe the place to be searched and the person or thing to be seized, closed quote. So the warrant has to have great specificity to it. The fact that they went into his safe means they must have known what was in the safe. I don't know how they could know this unless they have a Confederate working there and they must have told the judge what was in the safe. Now I have in my prior life as a judge received many warrant applications. You're talking to one of the few judges in the country that said no more than he said yes. Almost all judges say yes to whatever the warrant application is. But you have to make sure the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. And then you check out by breaking, meaning break down the front door, yes or no. By knocking, yes or no. At any time, yes or no. Between nine and five, yes or no. You check all these boxes. So they obviously checked by breaking if necessary. And they must have checked at any time because the FBI agent in charge called the head of Trump's Secret Service team at five in the morning saying, I have 50 agents who are going to be there in an hour. We have a search warrant. Uh, They faxed over the search warrant. The Secret Service guy said it's a valid search warrant. We can't help you, but we'll step aside. We'll open the door for you so you don't have to break it down. (laughs) They did it when Trump was not there. So there was nobody to say, can you open the safe? Therefore, they had a locksmith with them and they broke into the safe. We don't know what they took. Now, if they were looking for a cocktail napkin in which Trump played tic-tac-toe with Shinzo Abe, Merrick Garland's going to be looking for a new job. But if they were looking for and found something very serious, highly classified, like a list of the Saudis who paid for 9-11, something Trump's not allowed to have, then we have a serious that we have a serious issue on our hands, and he has a serious criminal issue on his hands. So there are six levels of classified security clearance. The president has the highest, along with the Secretary of State, the head of the CIA, the National Security Advisor, and a dozen or so other people. Once he leaves the presidency, he has none of those security clearances. So if he took Top secret, and I'm going to use that phrase to describe all six levels. If he took top secret documents with him when he left the White House, there's no wrongdoing there because he's the president. But around noon on that day, I think while he was still in the air before he landed in Miami, he was no longer the president. And at that point, he unlawfully possessed that. Now, as president, he can declassify anything, but not by the snap of the fingers. He has to go through the process of declassification. So if he didn't declassify them, and if they're in that that top secret uh, category and he still has them, then a crime was committed. This is the same crime that Mrs. Clinton committed for which she was not prosecuted. This is the same crime that Sandy Berger committed, although Sandy you may remember this crazy story, actually went to the National Archives, created a diversion, took the original document, put it in his underwear and walked out. And they eventually caught him and gave him uh, a slap on the wrist. Um, When Jim Comey famously announced around the 4th of July in 2016, something the FBI is not allowed to make a decision on, only the DOJ can, we're not going to prosecute Mrs. Clinton. It was this crime. The crime is the only crime in all 5,500, let me repeat, 5,500 federal crimes, this one, espionage, 
is the only one where the government doesn't have to prove intent. They can prove that you negligently took and negligently uh, retained top secret information. So that's where we are. I want to see the affidavits that the FBI presented to the judge. I want to see a transcript of their testimony, if there was any before the judge. And I want to see the warrant, and I want to see what's called the return. The return is a list of everything they took, which they will eventually uh, publicly file. How long will it be before they publicly file something like that? Well, they took about 15 or 16 boxes, Gerald. If there's, you know, a, a few hundred documents in each box, it's, it's going to take a, a few weeks before they, uh, before they file it. But look, this judge must have known that what he was doing would be scrutinized by the whole world. There, there must be some very serious allegations there of a serious crime and serious concrete evidence. Because if there's not, Merrick Garland will be looking for a job and Joe Biden will probably be impeached by a Republican House. Well, let's uh, take a look at that guy Garland. This is the guy that went to Ukraine, isn't it? Who is this? Garland. Yes, the Attorney General of the United States. Yeah, he went for what purpose, I don't know, but the pat on the shoulder, his uh, uh, colleague in Ukraine, and shortly thereafter, the chief prosecutor of Ukraine was fired by Zelensky. We don't know why. Yeah, but could you imagine what what's what's he doing over there? Well, what, there's what is, what is, there's what is no, the in my view, head of the Department of Justice doing over in Ukraine. There's Who no legitimate. Guy? There's no legitimate American governmental purpose to his presence. He's there on a political mission, I guess. Somehow, I don't know how this would even work to make Joe Biden look good. Again, on a political mission, and that's what this country has become—a political mission—and. Um, it's so sad. Uh, so, so you're you're suggesting then that they may have something serious on Trump. Well, if they don't, they're going to be looking for jobs. Uh, ah, they'll find they, a job anywhere. They, and if they do, then the then the former president has serious criminal issues. You know, my first reaction was he's got three criminal investigations. Which one is this? Well, it's not Atlanta, because that wouldn't involve the FBI. It's not. January 6th, because I doubt that he'd have any documents reflecting that. It must be the retention of uh, of top secret materials. And of course, that's the one uh, that it is. Now, when the National Archives went through the documents that he left behind in the White House in the earliest days of Joe and Jill Biden's residence there, they concluded that thousands of pages were missing. Uh -huh. They communicated with Trump and he said, I have it. It's mine. They said, no, it's not. And they negotiated and he agreed to surrender about 14 or 15 boxes. Then the DOJ got involved and said, we, we think you still have a lot of stuff that belongs to the federal government and it's top secret. And he had lawyers negotiating the negotiations. Are you ready for this? This is bizarre. Actually took place at Mar-a-Lago. The federal prosecutors <laughs> prosecuting Trump with his permission, entered his house along with his lawyers and in a room in the house had the negotiations. Apparently the negotiations fell apart. Now, adding to this is a bizarre event that occurred yesterday. Congressman Scott Perry was driving in his private car with his wife and one of his children and the car was 
pushed over to the side of the road by two SUVs. Three FBI agents got out and said, here's a warrant. Give us your cell phone. Give it to us right now. This is a, a, a new means that the FBI is using. This is an uptick in their aggression, stopping people in public places and demanding personal property. They did the same thing to John Eastman, the constitutional scholar, uh, one of Trump's former lawyers who the government alleges uh, was a mastermind behind whatever happened on January uh, 6th. They stopped him as he was coming out of a restaurant. Now, they had warrants, but you don't just stop somebody on a street and make them reach in their pocket and give you their mobile phone. What's in the mobile phone? Personal, financial, legal, professional, confidential, intimate, everything is in there. Uh, but this is a new technique, a, a ratcheting up of the search and seizure procedures uh, that the FBI has begun to follow under Merrick Garland. You know, one of our um, podcasts a couple of months ago, I was writing notes and I and listening to you and what you said. And, and I said, our, our freedom is gone. We have a government that lies, cheats, steals. And kills. Yep. Yep. Well, that's where we are. You know, the congressman has a protection called the speech and debate clause. That speech and debate clause immunizes the government from surveilling any um, communication he had with respect to his official work. The other aspect of seizing a congressman's cell phone, so actually seizing anybody's cell phone is a joke. The NSA already has yeah, the contents of everybody's cell phone. We shouldn't laugh at it. But the NSA won't give it to the FBI because by doing so, they would have to admit that they have it. They deny that they have it. They also hate the FBI. Probably the only thing we agree with the NSA on. <laughs> yeah, look what the NSA did. Look what happened to the guy Snowden, right? Correct. Yeah. Look, none of these things. NSA is the National Security Agency. Americans, 60,000 person strong domestic spies. The CIA, the FBI, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, none of these things are recognized under the Constitution. The 5,500 criminal, federal criminal statutes, they're all unconstitutional, but two, the only two that are authorized by the Constitution. Will you say that again? Yeah, there, there are 5,500, 5,500 federal criminal statutes. They're all unconstitutional except for two the ones that are authorized by the Constitution, treason and debasing the money supply. All the other crimes were intended by uh, Madison and the drafters of the Constitution to be prosecuted by, by the states. So the, the federal government is totally and utterly out of control. The CIA is unconstitutional. The FBI is unconstitutional. The NSA is unconstitutional. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms is unconstitutional. I've had a list of all these three-letter agencies. Look, yesterday on the floor of the House of Representatives, the great Congressman Thomas Massey yeah. pointed out to his colleagues that the very weapons that they were trying to make uh, illegal which they are calling weapons of war, are possessed by the post office, the Department of Education, the Department of Agriculture, the Department of Commerce, 
So he offered an amendment, if these things are weapons of war, to ban those weapons from ownership by anybody except the Department of Defense. And he forced the Democrats to vote in favor of keeping weapons of war in the hands of the post office and the Department of Agriculture. This is absurd, but this is where the government is today. The American public needs to know this. And I'll repeat what I said at the outset, Gerald. What happened to Donald Trump happens every day of the week in America. If his name were Donald Jones, we wouldn't even know about it. Yep. Yeah, I wonder when they're going to come after me or you for speaking out as, as true Americans. You know, the, you know I, I, the other last week, you know, I'm finishing the Trends Journal late at night, about 1030 at night, one night. And I see lights flashing out the door over here. State trooper woman comes out. Got this guy sitting in front of the, the state trooper car with her going like this with a light on his eyes, having him walk like this. I tried walking like they want me to walk. I could hardly do it. It went on for like 15 minutes. Then they had a, a, a test, and then they, she let him go. This is America. What did the guy do? What, what, you didn't make a full stop at the light, and now we're pulling you over to give you an excuse? And they, they make up this thing, if it's 0.8, whatever, over the alcohol limit, you know, you're, I mean, what, what, this, this country, I, without going into a whole big story, went to the Ulster County Fair with my buddy who has a service dog. He's very, he's a huge scar on his head. He's very lucky to be alive. A little beautiful little dog, not like a pit bull or anything, a beautiful little dog. They started harassing him, going in. He's showing him that it's a service dog and this big guy, what's your ailment? What? And I went berserk on this guy. I said, what are you doing? Oh, the guy had a nine millimeter gun on him. Security. Busting this guy's. I said, what is a, it was a joke. He said, you better be quiet. I won't let you in. I said, why don't you try to stop me? Why don't you try to stop me? I said, yes, sir. I went, yes, sir. Oh, you're a big, tough guy. Yeah, that's what just happened last Thursday. And how did this end? Did they let him in with the dog? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They let him in. He had all the papers. He goes, you better stop it. I said, I'm not going to stop anything. I said, you better stop it. I said, what are you harassing this guy for like this? Over bringing in a little dog? These are the tough guys. These are the tough guys. And your friend. This country's gone down the crapper, and we got a bunch of crapheads in charge. And because of Supreme Court. And because of Supreme Court opinions, the guy on the curb who was harassed by the state trooper and your friend with the dog have no recourse. They can't sue anybody. They can't sue for embarrassment or for humiliation or for stopping their freedom of movement. It's terrible. Yeah, the, the government has given itself dictatorial powers and immunity, immunity from liability for the consequences of abusing those dictatorial powers. God bless you for your strength and courage. I want you with me whenever I get stopped. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, this is ridiculous. You know, and you know, I put my heart where my you know, money where my, my heart is, you know, I have the rallies and, and I stand up as a man to fight for our freedom. 
Yes. Where are the people? Where are the people? Where, where, what are they going to do? Where, where, where are they going to do something? If we don't unite for peace and freedom, we're finished. We need a whole new system. This thing is corrupt. <clears throat> this is, as I see it, we become, as I mentioned to you before, a communist fascist state. Communism in the way that you, you just went through all the ways that they have ripped apart the Constitution, the, the Bill of Rights, none of it matters anymore. We're in charge. We'll tell you what to do from the COVID war. You don't get vaxxed. You don't get a job. You don't wear a mask. You don't get in here. Stand six feet apart. I'll make up anything I want. I am the governor, a little Gavin Nothing Newsome, a little arrogant Andy Cuomo, a witless Whitmere, a clown of a DeWine, a little jerk off over there in Ohio. One little, oh, that guy Hogan in Maryland. Oh, my daddy was a congressman. Look at this. It's a commie country and fascist. Hey, you see that new bill that they passed to make chips in the United States and give our money to chip makers? Oh, they're, oh, fascists. They're going the to spend money power. in order. They're going to spend money in order to reduce inflation. Yeah. It's like that, throwing gasoline. That's like using gasoline to put a fire out. Yeah. And again, Mussolini. The merger of state and corporate powers is fascism. Yes. That's his quote. Yes. Hey, I'm going to buy up those government, those corporate bonds. You're in trouble. Hey, here's $29 trillion to the banksters. That's what they dumped in from 2007 to 2010 to bail out the, the J.P. Morgan Chase, who got convicted of five felonies. This country, if we don't, you, if the people don't do anything, we are finished. I am, I am so heartbroken, and the people that I know that complain, and when I ask them to do something, well, you know, I, I'm really busy, and I, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, great, don't do anything. Get annihilated when they drop the next, when we go to nuclear war. Everything will be fine after then. You'll yeah, live well, happily ever after. All that is necessary for the triumph of totalitarianism is for good people to do nothing. Oh, well. All that is necessary for the triumph of totalitarianism. It's a, it's a quote from um, Edmund Burke. All that is necessary for the triumph of evil is for good people to do nothing. Yep. And the good people better unite because you would to judge this talked about today <coughs> excuse me what we've been doing and, and what we've been talking about week after week month after month it, it's it's totalitarianism this isn't america this isn't the country that our ancestors came to for the land of opportunity it's it's a whole different world thank you very much judge and all you people out there remember if we don't unite for peace we're going to die in war thank you judge thank you gerald